It's what we've been waiting for. It's Friday. 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 DGIF. And that can only mean one thing. The weekend is last. It's time for the Ruth's Chris Reardon Roundtable. Yes, that is correct. Now, here's your host, Mark Reardon on KMOX. All right, right to it here on a Friday afternoon pre-holiday weekend. Jane Duker with us this afternoon. How are you, Jane? Good to see you. It is Friday before a holiday. And I'm feeling. very excited. I, you yes. know, I was driving around early this morning, did Great Day St. Louis, and just driving through downtown about 10 o'clock on a Friday morning, sensed that there were a few people that might have already checked out for the weekend. Good and, for them. I'm hoping that's a good yeah, time for traffic. Right. But, God you know. bless them if you are already on the, uh, the beach somewhere with a cocktail. Brenda Talent, CEO of the Show Me Institute. I may have embellished her use of cocktails in the green room. Hey, I'm ready to toast to our independence. Right, exactly. (laughs) And John Gaskin, national board member of the NAACP. John, good to have you back. Good to see you. Glad to be back, Mark. Jane, I'll start with you. Just kind of teed up here. Yesterday, the president was supposed to be talking about energy policy. Uh, Which we need to talk about, by the way. We do, right? Um, Also, a sit down with South Korea's president to dissect how to halt North Korea's nuclear ambitions. But lo and behold, the tweet. That said, I heard poorly rated Morning Joe speaks badly of me. Don't watch any more than how come low IQ crazy Mika along with Psycho Joe came. And then that was in one tweet, of course. There was a second part of that tweet because you do have that 140 character limit. Can you imagine if we didn't have that, what kind of tweets would go out there? The second part said... Why did they um, want to go to Mar-a-Lago three nights in a row around New Year's Eve and insisted on joining me? She was bleeding badly from a facelift. I said no. Now you have the National Enquirer aspect of this. I, I don't know why any of us should be surprised by the tone and the nature of these tweets at but, this point. But we are. And that's what's really disturbing to me is just when you think, oh, yeah, it can't get any worse. <laughs> and and then it does. And um, this, I'm sorry, and but this person, there's something wrong. There's a compulsion there is an in, he doesn't control himself. His staff can't control him to send Sarah Huckabee out there and defend this nonsense that that I mean, that poor woman someday is going to wake up and you know, you know what? Because what's going to happen is one of those tweets someday is going to be about her. It happens to everybody. And look, if he talks that way about Mika, he's going to talk that way about you, hon. And I did this and, and, you know, and I'm fed up with every Republican getting up and say this is really awful. Stop talking to the guy. Don't you think do that- your work? end this. Yeah, well, Stop talking to him. That might be the case. I, I think there's a lot of people in this part of the country, especially Brenda, who they let these things sort of roll off no matter how outrageous they get because they don't care. I had Adam Kroll on earlier this week who's doing um, a movie with Dennis Prager, a documentary movie about safe spaces on college campuses. Adam's not exactly uber conservative, although he's a common sense guy. But he said you know, he's a Hollywood guy too. He's like, look, I, I'm just entertained by all this because everything that Trump does basically sets off the left so much it's comical and some of this is comedy sadly maybe it shouldn't be but i think what he said what he told me is where a lot of people are coming from they want things fixed they want to talk about health care reform tax reform jobs the economy but every time he does something like this the focus goes away from that that's that's my whole deal i don't he care can't how himself. stupid he wants to act on twitter because he's done it before i don't care either at this point i just want it to not distract from the business at hand which is why i think a lot of people voted for him especially in the flyover states that that's correct people want to see certain things done there's movement on many fronts but all the attention on that movement is gone as soon as he tweets the tweet was so unpresidential so inappropriate. I mean, 
Someone needs to stop him from tweeting. But they can't. Again. The, they we, can't. we have to sit we back have to though. Get over that. John, right. I think we have to accept. Look, the whole notion that he's unpresidential. Okay, done. He ain't been done. That. He's not going to change. The notion that someone's going to get a hold of him and nope, you know put duct would've. tape over his mouth or around his fingers not going to happen. He's going to control through it. This is going to keep happening. The question we were asking ourselves a few months ago is. Can you sustain this pace? I think the answer now is, yeah, I think you can because he has for about six months, so it's going to continue. The real question would be, can he get Congress to send him significant pieces of legislation, including health care and tax reform, and sign them into law? Well, I agree with what Jane just mentioned a few minutes ago. Congress needs to stop working with him. Those that are in leadership need to work within their respective caucuses to move their legislative agendas and try to meet the promises to their constituents of these major promises that well, they've and, made. And, Mark, they're going to have to do that because yeah. there are elections coming up. Yep. It's in their interest to get legislation across the finish line. And I disagree with most everything that they want to do in this health care bill, but I, too, say get to the substance, okay? Whatever it is, we need to get to that because we can't even have an honest debate. We can't even get to the policy discussion because of this guy. You know, the media is not going to stop covering him. He's not going to stop doing it. The only people that can stop this is Congress. And Congress needs to make him irrelevant or we're not going to be talking about anything. Well, he has done a number of things through executive order. and But even that, the publicity on that gets dissipated as soon as he sends out a tweet. Absolutely. And they have to take control. I think what happened yesterday is completely indefensible. Mm -hmm. I I think it was ridiculously inappropriate, okay? But I always try, er, er, for the last Mm -hmm. two years, I try to take a step back and say, why is it that anything this guy does, it doesn't matter what it is, the loyals stick with him because they dislike the rest of the establishment, both left and right, so much in Washington. They don't care because, and I, I'm at this point convinced that many people, including thousands who are listening right now, I don't even know how passionate they are about all these issues. I think what they care the most about, and, and I'm not sure how we got to this point, although Congress has to accept some of the blame and the, the previous administration is they just continue to want to send a big middle finger to everything that happens in that, but that town. That constitutes only 30% of the population. I firmly believe that his loyals are a third. The independents and everyone else is just enough. They're they're all tuning out. They're they're done. And you have to look at who his supporters are. These many of them are uneducated. They are people that are just. I completely disagree with uh, you, John. Unfortunately, many of them. If you you know if you look at many of those rallies that he hosted, one in St. Louis, where they're beating up on black people, where they're using inflammatory language on minorities that are there within the audience, sexist language. You know. You mean like a Black Lives Matter protest, similar to that? These are the people that are in the audience at these rallies that are, as you mentioned, but it's not everybody who voted for him. Not everybody he's talking about are not the people that you know. These are people, the ones who put the Trump stickers on the back of their trucks the day after the election. But you you know as well as I do, and I I run into them. Some of them are very good friends of mine. Mm -hmm. They're highly educated. They're highly successful. They're motivated by some of the agenda issues that the president campaigned on. They also, people tell me all the time, even members of Congress, look, they wish that they could stop him from tweeting. They wish he would stop doing stupid stuff. They're willing, however, to put all of that aside because there is this sort of golden opportunity, Brenda, to get some concrete pieces of legislation passed. And, of course... 
even if you want to go back a couple of months with Neil Gorsuch, that in and of itself was a huge that win huge. and a primary motivation for a lot of people and why they voted for Trump. There, there's definitely that, Mark. You know, there, there's a point at which I think when you look at the public and what they want, they are disregarding all of this background noise. And that's what it is, whether you're talking about the media, whether you're talking about the left, whether you're talking about the right. It's sort of like, look. You've made certain promises. We want to see promises kept because promises have been broken time and time again by what they would call the swamp. And so they want somebody there to keep their promises. And I think that's the bottom line. You made promises. Are you keeping them? And if you know what, if you don't keep them, we'll throw you out too. That's where the fatigue factor is going to come into play because if promises keep getting broken, then you're going to have more and more people peeling off. We'll come back. We'll talk about health care reform and the chances that that has. Come back to the Roos Chris Reardon Roundtable. Now your host, Mark Reardon on KMOX. Jane Duker, Brenda Town, CEO of the Show Me Institute, and John Gaskin, who is a national board member for the NAACP. Brenda, I'll start with you. So outside of the tweet yesterday, the focus has been on health care reform. The vote did not come this week. They are still negotiating. And after the holiday break, they'll come back and maybe give it a try again. A lot of Republicans have peeled off. It doesn't look like this is something that can pass right now, although there are some tentative no votes, including Senator Ron Johnson from Wisconsin, who was concerned, he's going to join me next week, concerned about the way this was being rushed. Do you think there's a path here to get something on the president's desk, repealing and replacing Obamacare? Well, I would say they better find a path because this is an important element of what's been promised to the public. Obamacare's failing fundamentally. They've never gotten their arms around the costs. And uh, they didn't introduce things about competition, licensing reform. Now, of course, this has to be done through reconciliation. So there's a limit to how much they can tackle since it's on reconciliation. But I would say not only must there must be a path, whether they'll get there or not, I think there are very compelling forces for the Republicans to find the path and find a way to say yes. I mean, so this is, ha- handicap it. 60% chance of a bill passing, 75%. Um, knowing that you always have that element of failure, so I could give you 60, that means 40% of the time it could <laughs> right, fail. Right. I would give it 55%. Okay, 55%. <laughs> I say so it's higher. They're going to find something because they can't. They can't not do it. And I, what I don't understand is Trump going after Mitch McConnell, which was a big mistake, you know, talking about... I mean, look, these people are trying to carry the water and you're attacking your own people. I mean, this is like Greitens running ads against your own people. It just stop. I mean, it's just stop. So these guys know. I, I think they know. And I think they're going to they're going to shove something down because they know it's not final because it's got to go back to the House. These guys are playing hot potato and the House and the Senate. None of them want to be left with the, the, the crap bag. So the Senate's going to say, okay, we're going to bounce back to you because they know it's not final either. And so they're going to have to reconcile these two bills. Well, it's always a process. I don't have Absolutely. any problem with that. I think if, but you, keep making, pass if you keep making improvements to it, what's wrong with that? Well, no, that's what the process is supposed to be for. I get, get, I get, my, my belief is they're not, they're not hopping back and forth because it's getting better. They're hopping back and forth because in order to get something passed, they have to they put together See, the problem really crappy with, with things. Your position and your side's position on this is you guys have, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the Republicans uh, are, are flawed on, on Troy. No, they're not winning quite yet. But you operate from the assumption that there's nothing wrong with the markets that are collapsing state true. after state with Obamacare. That's well, not I true. never hear that from you guys. You Absolutely. just talk about how Republicans are trying to kill poor people. That's all I hear. Well, I mean, look, there's a way to do this. And I'm, 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 I'm of the Without mind. Without killing poor people? 
Well, I don't know, because this is the problem. If you don't control costs in health care, which nothing in this bill control costs. Well, Obamacare didn't do that either. I agree. And it left a lot of uninsured, so you guys killed people, too. No, we, 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 we have less uninsured now. That's the difference. But, but that's because you forced people onto the, the market. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. You did. People who don't want insurance, young folks. Absolutely. And so without spreading of the risk, it costs more. And the Republicans want to get rid of the mandate, which without controlling costs then means you have to make cuts which means people are without services. So until My, you control costs, one of the problems I have with, with the current version, see, they, they go back and forth. I think there are some things that were in the House version. And, and again, I'm going to do this on memory because it's hard to keep track, but they, they need to have, Brenda, you probably looked at this, the high-risk pools in the legislation, and they have worked in, in certain states. Wisconsin had one before Obamacare. It's a good model. It can save money. It can be effective. It can help people who truly need the help, but I think if they removed funded. them from the Senate. Well, but yeah. Well, it, it is a very complex process, but I also thought there are ongoing discussions about pushing more of this back to the states through block grants, which would allow that creativity to provide that kind of care for those individuals. But the problem is the block grant is less than what the states are getting now. So the states. So but that's because we incredibly increased the amount they were getting through I Obamacare. Agree. And you know what? And, 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 right. and but so costs are there. Well, that's because, again, we haven't wrapped our arms around costs. Look, we're, we've separated patients from their doctors. The market is not working here. There isn't competition. There isn't the kind of reform you need. And nobody's talking about that right now because what we're trying to do is replicate that employer-provided insurance system, which... It's, it's not effective. So yep. part of this is, you know, we have all of the the extreme language going on. You know, I don't remember what 200,000 people are going to die. 23 million people are going to be uninsured. That's not productive. If you really care about this issue, then you actually ought to be able to sit down with people from different points of view to knock something out and not have to go to reconciliation to do it. Because, again, what we can deal with on reconciliation is very limited. I well, think that, that's, that's a bad why, place to put themselves in. Yeah, doing that's it why that it would have been important. Look, both parties did it. It would have been nice to have people come to the table. Obamacare wasn't on reconciliation. We did not pass that through reconciliation. Well, you, you did it with no well, help from Republicans. I agree, but they did not do it on reconciliation. Yeah, but they you, were hopeful they'd go to conference and they couldn't. And that's why Nancy Pelosi said, well, we'll know it when it's passed. All right. Well, so repeat the mistake. I mean, everybody agreed that that was not the way, the ideal way to do it. So they're repeating it. They're doubling down on that mistake. No, I think I there understand. actually are discussions and people do know what's in it. And that's why the discussions are going on. And that's why now no they hearings. pushed it beyond the recess in order to, to address the issues. John, you, you would agree or disagree that, look, even in the state of Missouri, with the amount of people who are dependent on Medicaid, isn't a better way to approach this is to reform Medicaid so it's sustainable and also focus on putting people to work which would then give them health care. Well, yeah, I agree. We certainly need to put people to work. Uh, and, and Medicaid and Medicare, you know, certainly have their flaws, have helped many people. But what I'm particularly concerned about, and the, my organization should certainly be concerned about it and is, is currently what's going on in Congress relative to this bill. Because what it appears is we're trying to get in a haste and work fast when we're not really trying to learn from the first mistake we made and trying to fix the problems that are already within the bill, keep what works, uh, and find the new solutions to make it work. 
And what I'm concerned about is we're going to end up with a bill that could potentially be worse than what we currently have in place right now. And if that happens, there are, and this is why we start talking about what the House would do if it does get kicked back to them, because there are going to be House members in moderate districts, which could be at risk next year, because this is all, I wish that some of these things they did in Washington was actually about helping people in this country and putting people to work and fixing things that are broken. But really... 90% of the time, it's about worrying about campaign ads for 2018. Identity politics and electoral politics. And and how how funny is it, Mark, that we keep talking about Medicaid like it's the end-all and be-all of health care. It's not. It's not not a very good health care system at all. But we we keep, you hear these discussions as if we've got to defend maintaining this particular system, which doesn't really help people Well, because we're afraid of what it might be, and... Again, and this is where you and I agree, even though we're on different ends of the spectrum, there's no discussion about costs. Nothing is going to change as long as healthcare costs are permitted to skyrocket. Pharma companies are allowed to rip us off and we have to pay for all the research of the world on our drugs. Everybody else gets cheap drugs. We have to have expensive drugs because they can milk it through an insurance company. We don't have insurance company reform. I mean, the insurance companies are the only people making the money. And so none of this cost stuff is being talked about. So we're just moving the deck chairs because we won't get to the fundamental issue of how healthcare is delivered. All right, we got to take a break. It's Reardon Roundtable for a Friday. Brenda Town, John Gaskin, Jane Duke. This is the Roos Chris. Reardon Roundtable. Once again, your host, Mark Reardon on KMOX. Little uh, breaking news this afternoon. We're tracking this story and more at the top of the hour on CBS mm-hmm. News. Police in New York true. City responding to a report of shots fired at the Bronx Lebanon Hospital, according to CBS News in New York. So this began just before 2 o'clock this afternoon. Multiple people shot. We don't have very many more details outside of that. I have many creeps on the way here from Fritz's Frozen Custard. Listen to this assortment, Jane. Uh-oh. Strawberry, you know that I love this. Strawberry, blueberry, pineapple, blackberry, peach, raspberry. All those. Together, or do I get to eat one of each? No, you cannot have one of each. You can pick a couple, and so could John, and so could Brenda this afternoon. John Gaskin, are you parked outside of our building or underneath our parking garage? Uh, No, uh, outside of the building. Because you could lose your car in a sinkhole in the city of St. Louis. That's very risky for you to do. Now you're getting me afraid here. (laughs) Look, but did you see the pictures? This is what's terrifying me about that. Jason Hall tweeted about it. it, It's all hollow. I'm like... Yeah, that really like, scares me. It I'm, looked like a nice new car. Oh, it was. <laughs> well, I, I mean, it was. It was a nice car. Well, Mark, that'll it, teach you to go to the gym. You know, I'm really, really concerned <laughs> right. because I was just down downtown the other day, and I'm driving down the street past the old famous bar building, and I mean, our roads are in terrible condition, and we continue to complain and talk about how we want to get conferences and conventions to come to St. Louis. And this is what our tourists and our guests in our city are driving down? And we're going to spend a billion dollars on Metrolink? Well, that's a good point. You're going to tear your car to pieces driving down these streets. We've got to do something. Look, you have have people getting shot and robbed on Metrolink platforms and on the train. You have people being shot in, in the street. You have all kinds of other crime. You have sinkholes now. You know, sucking cars into the you know nether regions of the planet. This this is this symbolic, Jane, for the I state of our know, city but right it's now. Sort of disheartening because I got to tell you, the way I feel <laughs> about downtown now versus when I started coming on with you, um, it, it, it's completely different. And and I'm not the only person that feels that way. You mean in a <clears throat> negative way? Yes, yes. The, just just you know because of the crime issue, all of it. 
a combination of a lot of different things. And, and you know, look at the cranes that are happening in Clayton versus the cranes. You know, that are I saw some of those today. There are a lot of cranes. Yes. L- let me let me just try to because I'm a I tend to be sometimes a negative guy. But let me try to spin this in a positive direction. I rode my bike this week with a bunch of um, mainly students from the University of Texas who were coming through. I had them on the air doing something called the Texas 4000. They were riding mm. from Austin to Anchorage and mm. staying in St. Oh Louis. They had a they had a day. Yeah, I know. It's a lot of a lot of miles. And it's great because they're raising money for cancer and cancer research. So they had a, a break day here on Tuesday. They they got in Monday afternoon. They had the whole day here and then left on Wednesday morning and I rode with them. But they were thoroughly impressed with the city. They loved it. I rode with them down to the arch. One positive is if people haven't seen it, they're probably going to see it on Saturday if they come to the parade. Keener Plaza looks outstanding. Oh, yes, it is beautiful. They beautiful. did a the great job. And, and the arch grounds. Great. So all of that stuff. So I, I never, whenever I throw my snark in here and I talk about some of these There's issues. There's some good things happening. They need to be addressed. There are some really good things happening and that have needed to happen for, let's face it, decades, especially when it comes to the arch grounds. Having said that, we, we have to get this, this crime situation under control. And let me ask about roads real quick. And this isn't just for the city of St. Louis, but you, ne- you now have, because the only way to solve anything in government is apparently task forces. <laughs> Amen, brother. A new How task about force, people? A new task force will investigate all options when it comes to finding money to improve Missouri's road system. Representative Kevin Corlew from Kansas City said the 23-member committee will spend the next six months looking at the possibility of raising the gas tax, transforming interstates into toll roads, or some combination of smaller options as a way to generate revenue. What the hell? Haven't they been doing this for years this in the, the state legislature? that we had when I was in the governor's office in the early 2000s. This is insane. We've kicked the can uh, yet another 20 years. We have no plan. We have no transportation plan. And, you know, I mean, we have billions of dollars of upgrades that need to be done in the state. We have way too many miles of roads. MoDOT has to maintain So many miles of roads. We have roads to nowhere all over this state. And look, you know what? MoDOT needs to stop collecting roads. They need to start deeding them back to the local governments. And if you want your road to nowhere, then you can maintain your road to nowhere. But we are letting the roads that are most traveled on, the highways, the bridges, I mean, they're in dangerous mode. We are in danger zone. Literally, we're going to have a bridge collapse. And then that's, I guess, when people are going to pay attention. But our roads are a mess. And, And there have been people... Senator Leibla, courageous, said, look, guys, we got to bite the bullet. We need money for roads. I mean, uh, well, we've been know. talking about user fees, toll Absolutely. roads, raising the gas Absolutely. tax. To get it together. But we're going to I guess there was some federal waiver we got in order for I-70, to do 70. You yeah, could do it. You could do road. that as a toll road. For and we're going to then on the other hand, though, you have people out there that want to throw on the ballot next year, a ban of toll roads, which is ridiculous. Exactly. That's crazy. Well, it is. And that's but that's what's happening. And so the feds do not want to come in and help and do matching and and even join in this debate because we do goofy things like that. Well, here's what's going to happen here. OK, it, it's the same process. I'm surprised not the same people looking for the next police chief. They're going to sit there. They're going to talk about these things. And they're going to wring their hands for six months. Dusty. They're going to send a report. Nothing's going to happen. So the report's going to come, what, January, February. Then next legislative session will go on. They won't have anything for a ballot. Somebody needs to make, and this is where I think Governor Greitens has to play a role. Someone has to have the political courage to say, this is what we're going to do, and this is how we're going to be forward, and we're going to get it done. There is no leadership on this particular issue, and per- perhaps, perhaps a lot of other issues as well. It's frustrating because 
I've been back here for 10 years. I've been talking about these transportation issues for every single Everybody year. Everybody agrees nothing, on infrastructure. Nothing done. Part of, it's state. bipartisan. Part, Absolutely. It, it, it benefits all of us. If you want to talk about one thing government should do, it's this type of infrastructure that, that helps our economy grow. And work. Missouri is well situated both in St. Louis and Kansas City for intermodal. But one of the things I think they fail to do is to make the case in a compelling, consistent way. Instead, what we get are proposals year after year. One year it was a sales tax. That was voted down. Then they started talking about allocating general revenue. I I really think you can begin making the case for the semis are the ones that destroy our main highways the most. Oh, amen, sister. And we ought to be able to change the the level of tax that they're paying on diesel fuel versus us. And we just need to make the case for it. We also need to educate people on toll roads. They're not the toll roads of your father. Right. <laughs> that's that's why they don't pull well, because, yeah, people don't understand the technology. I mean, in the future, we're essentially going to all have to go to probably user tax because the fuel economy is going to keep improving and these models are already being tested. You can probably do something with your iPhone. You'll have an app and the technology. You have a will be sticker there. on your on your windshield and you drive through and it it you know it clicks and, it and says you here's your yeah here's your thirty whatever. here's your thirty cents. I mean we love the app for parking. It's no different. Yeah, part of the problem is though, and I, I think you're going to hear this on a variety of issues when it comes to taxes. Taxpayers simply do not trust government to say we need more of your money because they keep asking for more of the money. They think that we give you enough money well, government do haters, something with it. You all it's not, have created no, government haters no, and now you're, Jane, getting, you're getting the results of it's that. It's not about government haters. It's about people having the belief and the trust that government is being accountable and efficient. Right. On that note, we're out of time. John Gaskin, good to see you. Good to see you. Looking great. Brenda Town, thanks for coming in. Tell your husband thanks we said hey. Thanks for inviting me. And Jane Duker, sadly, she's going to hang for the next hour. You're but I'm going to put up with her and keep her in control. Second hour coming up.